Hey there, Margie Bryce here bringing you the Krabby Pastor podcast. And I don't think you're going to be too surprised to know that it's too easy today to become the Krabby Pastor. Our time together will give you food for thought to help you be the ministry leader fully surrendered to God's purposes and living into whatever it takes to get you there and keep you there. So we're talking about sustainability in ministry. Yeah, the issue of seminary had come up and I was at a real crossroads in terms of deciding how to do that. None of this was really on my radar screen, as I've mentioned before. And while God had really surrounded me in my early days of becoming a Christian with a lot of people, the pack was thinning out a bit. Or maybe it was that God was thinking I could do with a little less hand-holding. Maybe there's seasons in our lives when we need more of that. What I did find out along the journey was that once you say that you're called into ministry, you know, it's almost like, how could I describe this? Everybody goes quiet on you or something unusual happens. And I just kept toddling along, not knowing what to make of that. But as I asked other people who were called into ministry, they just kind of shook their head and then they went quiet. So I just thought, I don't know what to make of this. It's, uh, you know, maybe a part of the journey, I guess. So we considered moving to Kansas City to go to Nazarene Theological Seminary, and I visited down there. We both, my husband, and at that time, it was around an eight-year-old he was, the youngest, was around eight-ish, and the older boys were not in the house anymore. They were off being young adults, but I, uh, we went down to Kansas City and toured. And I talked to one of the professors, and I won't even say who it was, but they said, we train them and the United Methodists hire them. And a shiver went up and down my spine. And I thought, good heavens, what? (laughs) I guess at the time, you know, wait, what? Wasn't really a thing like it is now. And we instead opted for me to do the in-service program where you would do a boatload of work beforehand, go for like 10 days over just one weekend, and then you would do a boatload of work after. And you could work on a couple of classes at a time like that. I think I did supplement with some other online stuff to get done. But about halfway through my seminary experience, which I absolutely loved, by the way, I love, love learning. That's like high on my strength finder. And it just is a great, great thing. It just just fills you so much. Halfway through, I discovered a master's thesis. I think I was taking a social justice class, and we're talking about race, class, gender, and I was looking at women in ministry kinds of things. I figured this is my excuse to research and get a grade for it. So I was like those kind of deals. And I found out that the hiring practices among 
the Church of the Nazarene at that time were a little thin. And boy, that made me kind of crabby, I guess, going back to, you know, what this podcast is about. And, you know, it's it's challenging enough. Seminary is challenging enough. I love the learning, but it's challenging. And I had set aside my business for ministry. And it just was um, a deeper and darker, not even dark, dusk, a dusk kind of journey. That sounds good. It was a dusk journey. So I went in the in-service program. So I was back and forth to Kansas City and, and I did meet some friends along the way. Every, You know, it seemed like there was a whole cadre of people named Debbie. <laughs> it was funny. At my ordination, I just happened to see all five of them standing together and they were, all their names were Debbie. <laughs> so I went up and said, hey, Debbie, 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 I want you to meet Debbie, Debbie, Debbie. I was just too funny. Hey there, this is Margie here, your host of the Krabby Pastor podcast. And I want to urge you to stop surrendering your best self so that you can avoid the burnout that plagues so many ministry leaders. Uh, you don't want to become a crabby pastor, that's for sure. So what I've developed is a self-assessment journal style product called Radical Self-Care, sustainability for your life and ministry. And what I'm going to do is have the link to it in the show notes so you can go there. It will be the best $29 that you could spend. You can spend then your time, take time. That's something we don't do when we have big issues. You can take the time to explore how you view self-care and how you need to pursue it a little more. And I'm not about offering you a checklist, that's for sure, but I want to see how self-care can be knit into your heart and into your life so that you can go the distance that God has for you to go. So the Debbie thing kind of began in seminary. One of my dear friends, and one was closer by and one was, you know, further away, but we connected and kind of helped each other along during those years. But as I grew into understanding more about this journey of what you're doing when you find out that you're called, it just it just got more and more challenging. For one thing, okay, so I had the master's thesis said, it's going to be a challenge that you're a female. And then as you start to do some self-awareness kinds of learning processes, I discovered I was an introvert and ooh, that didn't bode well either. And then I found out that I am an INTJ. And in the land of Myers-Briggs, that's a pretty rare-ish type uh, pretty odd. And it seems like the last thing that this group of people does is understand how we come across to other people. So there was another learning curve. I was warned about this by one seminary professor who had, we had individual appointments with him and he kind of got in my face a little, I'm not meanly in my face, but just kind of said, do you ever feel like you're alone in a room and like you come at things from totally different perspective? And I said, yeah, I kind of do feel that way. And I kept thinking, how on earth does this square for somebody feeling called to be a pastor? I don't know. I wondered 
about that a lot. I wondered whether I had made a mistake, you know, female, introvert, odd personality type. I had heard glimmers of people say that introverts shouldn't be pastors. And that explains why there seems to be this demand for tall dudes who exude a lot of energy and personality. And my sarcastic self or crabby self, however you want to rank and rate that, would say, well, you, you need to go to the uh, script school of broadcasting where, you know, these people are learning to be on-air personalities, whether radio, cable, or whatever. Um, that's where you need to go for your pastors then, I guess. And I, So if you're looking for a tall dude who exudes a lot of energy and personality, and I am a short female introvert, you know, and I guess I still am that. I still am that. You just got to figure that God knew all that when the call was offered. And at the end of the day, you know, it is what it is. I think God knew all that about me. And in all honesty, there were plenty of moments of doubt. Like, what am I doing in seminary? Costing my family, you know, money, my time away. Um, and then the great Taco Bell meltdown occurred. Now, my husband is a pretty mild-mannered person, and he is very patient and doesn't complain. And yet, there was a long day, and there was a whiny 10-year-old, and there was an order at Taco Bell that went bad that he didn't realize until he got home that it wasn't what he ordered. And he took the whole thing and just blew up and threw it in the garbage can and I think it, it really shocked the 10-year-old because that's just not who his dad usually is. And I'm sure that at, uh, other families can attest to this kind of thing where, you know, I'm off at school loving the learning, although I'm still having doubts and questions and, and my husband's holding down the fort. I wasn't as good as one gal in seminary. She came and she had everything frozen, every meal frozen and labeled for what day and time and everything. And I sort of felt a little like a schlep because I didn't do that. I just put lots of stuff in the freezer and called it good. I didn't label anything. I felt like my husband was competent enough to figure that out and read the labels and that kind of stuff. But I was at the same time while everybody's enduring me being gone, I was starting to feel like things were kind of stacked against me. I mean, I had the uh, support of my seminary friends, you know, the two Debs. And then I had my husband, who was very, very supportive of my call to ministry, it definitely. And then there was a class where you had to start, you know, looking at, it was to geared to help you become more self-aware and those are always really helpful classes, but they stress getting a support group. They stress getting an accountability group. Peeps, you know, get get your little peeps going there. And while I had made friends in seminary, I was not successful getting an accountability group going. Oh, I tried. I tried and I tried talking to other women in ministry that I knew and we would all agree that we needed this. We would all agree that, oh, man, I just need a group of people around me. But yet when push came to shove and you tried to set up an actual time to gather, nobody seemed to be available then. So 
it, I guess at the end of the day, you just say, well, all right, I guess it really wasn't a priority. It was a nice, shiny thing that you knew you ought to have, but you didn't really want to set time for it. And I guess I'll take this moment to say quite often self-care falls into that very same category where you know you need to do it and you know it's important. And yet when push comes to shove to actually sit down and think about what it means to do self-care or to cultivate a lifestyle that is self-care to help support the things that you're doing, especially when it comes to being called into ministry, we often don't do that until it's too late and you're ready to crash and burn, which is not a good thing. So I was attempting to get the people piece going, and I was just not very successful. I tried several times, and it was a deep disappointment to me that that just didn't work out. So, so yeah, doing seminary without the support of a regular accountability kind of intentional group was just not something that worked out for me at that particular time. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for considering what it looks like to be the crabby pastor. And my hope and prayer would be that you would be doing everything that you need to do to not be the crabby pastor. <laughs> <laughs>